Welcome back to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, Clint Maxey in the producer chair, Zach Ruley, and yours truly, Parker Biggs, here as well. This episode is brought to you by Part-Time Beverage. Part-Time Beverage's club special is a refreshing lemon-lime, ready-to-drink cocktail made with a real vodka base off of Oklahoma's own club special. Pick some up today at liquor stores around Oklahoma. Also available now is their Cape Cod, which is a cranberry and vodka with a hint of lime and sparkling water. Part-time beverage, full-time refreshment. Now, on to the episode. All right, bombshell news of the college football offseason. Did not think anything could top last year's offseason, but uh, we're back with another big realignment move. This time, USC and UCLA are leaving the friendly confines of the Pac-12 and heading to the Big Ten Conference uh, as there seems to be uh, you know, the future of college football is being molded. Uh, guys, Zach, what's your uh, initial reaction to the news? Uh, the two-team super conference is kind of on its way, like taking shape. And the Pac-12 is dead. That's my um, – I will get into it a little bit here in a second, I'm sure. But sounds like the Pac-12 is not going to have um, its first choice at, you know, retaining anybody or going to get anybody, losing its, its bell cow in USC – which the reason the Pac-12 is down is because USC is down. So it, right. it kind of sucks that I'm sure they feel betrayed. Um, their current uh, – I can't remember the uh, commissioner's name, but he's got to feel a little silly right now too, just getting a little uh, rug swept from under him. But it, it sucks for the Pac-12, but we'll, we'll see how it shakes out here down the line. Yeah, not, a, uh, not really the first year you would hope – for if you're Klyovkov uh, as the, the Pac-12 commissioner. Uh, kind of sucks for him because Larry Scott is really who put them in this spot, and, uh, you know, he was trying to get him back on track. But with the move of OU Texas last year, I was totally thrown off guard by this move, but probably shouldn't have been. I mean, the, the super conference thing seemed to be coming together. It just, you know, this is even a little further far-fetched. You know, the thought of Oklahoma and Texas going into SEC – is one thing, but then you think about USC and UCLA joining a conference with teams, you know, on the other side of the country. Um, I mean, the ripple effects, I think are going to, I think this is kind of the big move where now, I mean, I think things can move quickly. I mean, there's already reports uh, of big 12 um, in talks with four to six pac 12 teams, Good. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, one of the, my thought is one of those conferences is going to, eat the other and the big 12 is in a better spot than the pac 12 is right now a lot more stable you've got a full load of teams pac 12 you know is down to you know 10 teams that who knows how committed they are especially the the remaining bell cows of oregon and washington i'm surprised oregon and washington weren't like maybe they're trying to scramble for the big 10 because like how do you don't want oregon like oregon's arguably a bigger brand at the current moment than UCLA. I know like historically UCLA has got like the most national championships ever, but it's kind of weird to see that Oregon wasn't like wanted to be at the, at the dance, you know, like nobody asked Oregon to dance yet, you know? Don't you think it was part of just getting entire LA to schools? USC probably wouldn't have done. It's probably one of those things where they wouldn't have maybe done it without each other, but I agree with you. I mean, Oregon's a much sexier option than UCLA. And honestly, Stanford is sexier too than UCLA. Well, so uh, I was I was thinking about it, and the six reported are the six I would want personally for the Big Twelve. It's for those who haven't seen it, it's uh, Utah, Colorado, which 
they better repent their sins and come crawling back. <laughs> um, Arizona schools, Arizona, Arizona State, and then Washington and Oregon would be the six, which I think if the Big 12 adds six and gets to 18 and that's your 18, that's incredible. That being said, Stanford, if they were going to add a seventh and an eighth, I'd probably say Stanford and then, I mean, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State, that's not a whole lot to – that. those aren't great. I'd probably say Cal, Stanford, Cal, though, so you get the Bay Area. But it's Yeah, I, I just wonder what – what I mean, the other – I mean, I think anything's on the table. I, I think a full-on back Pac-12, Big 12 merger is a possibility too. The thing about a merger, though, is somebody always eats the other person. It's right. A merger. It's not right. Someone's acquiring. Like, it might somebody be. Somebody is the big dog in a merger. And I think, I would hope it's the Big 12. Yeah, I saw uh, Dennis Dodd. <laughs> he reported that, uh, and his he was the one that reported uh, that the Big 12 was in serious discussions with four to six Pac-12 schools and said that, uh, you know, when it comes to, because this is all going to be controlled by TV deals, e- ESPN or Fox will determine who <laughs> – who you know hey, is in the, the power position has a good ring to it though it does <laughs> but he was saying you know the the difference tv wise is pretty negligible between the two conferences but he'd give the slight edge to the big 12 i mean just the stability right now it was just crazy to say that big 12 is just a much more stable spot in the pac 12 i guess that just shows how inept the pac 12 had been and this comes right as they're about to negotiate a new tv deal yeah could not come at a worse time for the pac 12 and yeah, did you see they got the go ahead to to go full on with their TV negotiations now? God, I, I bet mean, Fox or whoever's about to buy that is just licking their chops. They could lowball the shit out of them now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if be- they even want to make an offer, maybe they don't want to carry it uh, at this point. Like maybe they're like, well, we're gonna wait another month or two and see what happens. But if I'm the Big Twelve, I immediately, you know, if even if you're getting some hold up from Oregon and, and Washington, you know, they're you hoping for the Big Ten, four. you go grab the other four. Yeah, you let Oregon and Washington do their own thing. They can beg at the Big Ten's doorstep. But Joel Clout reported earlier to that. He tweeted that uh he's hearing, you know, it's Notre Notre Dame is the the obviously the the bell cow here that the Big Ten wants. And there it doesn't seem in any hurry for anyone else. So I think yeah. they're waiting to see what happens there. I mean, I guess we always talk about like oh, Notre Dame has the ACC agreement and their ACC over their sport. I mean, what it, it, a piece of paper means nothing anymore. Like if a school wants out, they're going to get out. The other thing too, with all this realignment talk, and I know it, like OU's Texas, OU and Texas to the SEC is going to happen. I guess there's still a chance it doesn't though, right? Like in, in all actuality, if they haven't left yet, like until they leave, it's not a thing. I mean, like, I, I, mean, I think it's, it's going to happen. happen. <laughs> it's going to happen, but like, it still hasn't. So there's obviously a lot of uncertainty and it's moving a ton, but Notre Dame, they might have to like finally make a decision on what conference. Yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame holds on to independence until they're told like, you're not getting into the part, like you're, you're getting left out of this college football playoff situation. If you're, if you're not part of one of these, these leagues. Also, the other thing is, all the talk about the two super conferences. I mean, there are going to be a two. It's clear who one A and one B or one and two will be when it comes to conferences. But there's clearly going to be three to four, you know, still power conferences. Um, it's not sure. There's going to be a big, probably a big money difference between the big Big Ten, SEC, and everyone else. But you know, if you're in whatever this future Big Twelve with potential additions of Pac-12 
uh, I think you're, you know, in a decent spot. I think the biggest question mark is, is the ACC, you know, they've got that grant of, grant of rights agreement through 2036. So they're actually kind of locked in. I mean, someone could, you know, test the waters and see what happens if you ditch, but you know, what do you do if you're Clemson or Florida state or Miami uh, and you're, you know, you're missing out on all this money, but you're clearly should be in this, you know, part of these uh, one of these conferences. What makes more sense for Clemson if they were going to meet leave Big Ten or I guess I mean, but here's the thing: regions don't really mean anything, right? Like the Big Twelve is about to add fucking Oregon, maybe. Like right? Yeah, no, like, I mean, that, I think the SEC it. makes a ton of sense for Clemson culturally, yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I think saw, anything is odd. I saw a funny point. tweet. I can't remember who posted it. It was like um, talking about how if there's two major conferences and it's like twenty teams deep and it's like. The divisions will be based upon um, traditional rivalries and regional uh, ties for schools. So literally just fucking conferences. But it'll be NFL, um, AFL versus NF- or NFC, AFC versus NFC. Yeah. So what are you, 10 years down the road, what do you guys think we're looking at conference-wise? Is Probably it like two? Two or three. I, yeah. I'd say three just to be safe. There's no way that everybody's. Yeah. Because what's the point, like. I will say 10 years from now, the NCAA is probably gone for football down to zero. For sure. Yeah, yeah. For football. So do you guys think this is good for the, uh, the American conference, maybe get in some trickle down? I think they got screwed. Uh, I mean, not screwed. I think they screwed up last year after losing those teams. They, I think Sunbelt did a better job in expansion than the AAC. I, I don't think there's really much hope for, you know, I think the only hope is that for, you know, if you're a, uh, maybe you could find your way in conference, you move your way up. If you're a, Memphis and SMU or Boise State, if maybe like that, there's but there's not going to be any. I don't think. I think that if you're stuck in one of those group of five conferences, you're you're in trouble. I think there's going to be a clear separation there. Now, I I will say I saw a tweet and I had heard some rumblings. I I got some texts. Allegedly, Oklahoma State. Um, they had some officials meet with SEC officials. I don't doubt there's a lot of truth i doubt excuse me i do doubt there's a lot of truth to that um but like mike gundy was one of those officials that was in birmingham or ever sec hq is um i as an osu fan i don't honestly like the idea of going to the sec at this point seems kind of silly unless we are like pulled away and they're like yeah you're coming with us if we're having a fight to get in still there's no point to do that we don't need to beg you just yet i don't think I don't know though. It's it's. I don't know how you guys see it as OU fans. If like OSU, what they should do, like if the SEC came calling, like do they bolt or do they see how? They yeah, I mean, I think you have to. You have you take the money. I mean, yeah, they survival. Right, but I don't think you know. I don't think OSU is in a bad spot if that does not happen. Um, and I think for the the sake of the program itself, uh, like outside, if you're not just looking at the money side, like being in an uh you know a, the third power five conference where you could legitimately you know win and it beat, and like, be a, and like go to the playoffs regularly yeah, once in right. a chance. That's why you have staying like OSU I have leveled myself probably never gonna win a national championship in football, right? It's the same three, four schools that are gonna dominate and that's fine, especially with um NIL stuff. But same time like college sports are fun because you can have fun, memorable seasons that didn't win at all. I think you'd probably have more of those playing in the in the the new Big Twelve than you would the SEC, but I could be way off on that. Yeah, 
Yeah. And Clint, just quickly back to your, your initial question about how I see the, or how we see these, the conference lining up. I think we're going to have a situation where we have this, this third power conference with a patch, some sort of patch 12, big 12 combination. I think eventually Notre Dame will end up joining the big 10. I think the ACC eventually will break up and, you know, the Florida States, Clemson's Miami's will end up in the SEC and maybe North Carolina and then like Duke, uh, and maybe Virginia or a combination of other ACC teams end up in the Big Ten. And so you end up with three three real power conferences. Um, I just think the ACC is pretty pretty screwed because they're kind of th- – them being locked into this bad TV deal through 2036, just they've got their hands tied and, and they're going to get picked apart eventually. I do want to add, don't think the Big 12 should merge with the Pac-12. I think they should go for the kill and steal – Washington, Oregon, the Arizona schools, and Utah and Colorado. Yeah, no, no, that's that, what I, I like. Oh, we're gonna bring in Washington State and Oregon State. They do, they're they're nothing. They're yeah, no, no, I, I agree yeah. with that. And then I think, and then I think those schools, the leftovers, the Washington States, Oregon States, they're screwed. They're gonna end up in like a Mountain West. What well, what's really interesting is gonna be what happens. I think there's a decent chance Stanford can end up in the Big Ten. I just have a hard time seeing them getting left out of, and they're not gonna play in the Mountain West ever. Oh hell no, they'd go into independent probably if that if that happened, but. I can actually see that more than I can see them joining. I, if I was a Big 12, I would add Stanford, but then it's like you almost want one more to add. Like, I don't need right. – I don't want to – You don't really want to grab Cal, who would be there no. like – Cal doesn't bring anything to the table. Nothing, because, I mean, Stanford gives you – but then, then again, and this is the case with Colorado too, they give you these – I guess Colorado, they – I don't know the geographics of it, but I guess they're a Denver market technically. Um Colorado fans don't actually give a crap about sports is the thing. No. Like, they, they are not good fans, so to speak. Uh, Stanford fans probably don't care much either, so. No. Um, you're just literally going for the, the geography of it, and Stanford would check some boxes there. Right. Yeah, no. Stanford brings – they bring the uh, non-revenue sports. They bring the great academics. They bring a solid football history, but, yeah, like the the – Hype running Stanford football is just. But imagine not being there. West Virginia and having to go play Stanford in a, a like a two thirty game in Palo Alto. Yeah, it's, this is gonna West Virginia is gonna look. I guess I mean you do have I guess having Cincinnati. I mean the thing about UCF too, Cincinnati. So here was typed in the the pods I would do if those six teams get added, or no, if the four. So just Colorado. Okay. If so, if Colorado, Utah, and the Arizona schools get added. I would do Utah, BYU, Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah. One. Colorado, K, KU, K-State, Oklahoma State, two. That, yep. And then the Texas schools, so Tech, TCU, Baylor, Houston. And then Iowa State, Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF, which those guys are going to have the longest travel periods, but um, kind of bunching those guys together. Iowa State doesn't have like a true – I guess. I was like going to say, Iowa State's the one but- – not I would really. say it's the one that gets kind of screwed in that situation by not getting a traditional big eight, but yeah. someone, someone in that you can't do it without that. Happening. Yeah. Someone has to get fucked over. Yeah. But I, that's how I would do it. I don't know many other ways you could do it. West Virginia, but I will say West Virginia, although is like still fairly new to the conference that does give Iowa state some like familiarity and um, kind of gives a new, each of the new teams, like some big 12 to it. I don't even know what they're going to call this conference anymore. You can't call it the Big 12, I don't think, anymore. 
Um, we'll see what they end up naming all of these conferences. Yeah, is the Big Ten just going to be the the SEC is the only one that's not going to look yeah. either have a stupid looking name or uh, they look like geniuses right now. Yeah, don't put the number in there. And you yeah, don't whoever have to, named the, conference, yeah. the Southeastern Conference <laughs> all those years ago, good job. Yeah, yeah. All right, and now on to our interview with Chris Trevino. I am really excited to have uh, this guest on with the news of USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. Uh, can't think of anyone better to have on. Excited to welcome Chris, Chris Trevino, who covers USC football and recruiting for uscfootball.com. Chris, uh, thanks for uh, hopping on. Thanks, guys. I'm really glad you guys invited me. Always glad to do a, another show's podcast. Um, I am a little bit worried, though, Parker. You told me you're an Oklahoma fan, so I'm a little worried this is some sort of setup. No, no, no. I knew I kind of when I sent that that message to you, I was like, man, probably shouldn't have included the the OU grad. I'm sure you've been on some gotten some some stray bullets from uh, from our parts over here. We Clint is also an OU OU grad, so uh, yeah. But no, no, nothing, uh, nothing going on on our end here. I just had to ask. I, <laughs> my 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 antennas are up. I'm just waiting for it. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine the uh, the OU fan base is, is pretty rabid. So, uh, it's Chris, uh, I see. It's, uh, I was looking at your Twitter. I see you got a 10K tat on the cap. How's that holding up? It's it's doing well. You know, I uh, that's been a whole offseason story, spring <laughs> story, sort of. But uh, it, it's holding up. Sometimes I forget it's there, but then I have someone like come up to me, like, let me see the tattoo. So, <laughs> It, it, it it's it's just part of me now I, I don't even like think about it anymore and sometimes like i said i forget it's there but yeah it's a pretty funny story some people think i'm stupid for doing it but you didn't whatever. leave a, it's, a space for another zero one day i mean the next thing is probably getting the big so it's big 10k like the big 10 so <laughs> there you go that'll be that the works. next little bargaining chip for yeah. followers or, or whatever. <laughs> so I, I'm always thinking ahead, you know, always thinking ahead. All right. So I've got to ask you, uh, when the news broke last week uh, that USC and, and UCLA are heading to the Big Ten, what, what was your initial reaction? Did you have, because from the outside looking in, you know, maybe it should have been more on my radar, but was this something that was even, you know, a possibility in your mind two weeks ago? Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird because, like, with conference realignment, it just, like, seems to happen so fast and come out of nowhere. But for me, the first reaction was, is this real? Because, obviously, John Wilner of the Mercury News broke it with his tweet. And I was covering Elite 11, and I saw it pop up on my phone, my notifications, and I didn't have service, really. So I couldn't access the tweet. So I was like, is this real? I, I, cause I couldn't finish reading what the tweet said. It just said USC, UCLA heading to the big 10. And that's kind of where it cut off. And I was like, what is this about football? Is this about everybody? What is this? So I ran to my boss, uh, Ryan Abraham, our publisher, who was a couple feet from me. I was like, is this real? Pull up your phone. And we were kind of like stunned there for a second. And it kind of set in across the football field where a lot of people who covered college football were there and, you know, kind of went off like a little bit of a bomb and everyone was looking at their phones and people were coming up to people like, is this real? Is this going to happen? This can't be real. It's not, it's just a bluff. Right. So a lot of reactions going on. And while it is sort of shocking, it's not surprising if that makes sense, just because 
USC fans and sort of this conversation about the Trojans should either go independent or leave the Pac-12 because, you know, the Pac-12 was, let's be honest, it was a shit show for, for a lot of, for a lot of years and it's still one now. And USC wasn't being treated like a blue blood, like, you know, how the big 10 takes care of uh, Michigan or Ohio state or how SEC treats their big teams like Alabama, you know, they treat them like the brands that they are. And USC wasn't getting that sort of same love from the PAC 12. Now it wasn't all in the PAC 12, you know, you have USC that was a mess for years and years and years, you know, with incompetent leadership, incompetent spending with their, their budgets and not putting enough into football and incompetent football coach with Clay Helton. So all these things kind of dogpiled on each other and it just made for this perfect storm of suckery, if you will, for the Pac-12 and USC. And now you're seeing sort of the result of that, of USC being like, you know, we need to get back to being a bully in college football, a blue blood in college football. So we need to go where they value football. And that's a conference like the Big Ten. And the checks are going to be a lot bigger and it's going to help pay for a lot more stuff, whether it be facilities, staff, uh, pay raises for assistance, all that kind of stuff where they can sort of go back to competing at the national level. So in that regard, it's not surprising because, you know, this is something that, you know, we had heard a little bit of a whisper, a whisper about specifically with the Big Ten a couple weeks before we had put something on our board. But to have it happen so quickly like that, you know, that was the shocking part. I mean, that news broke, what, at like 9 a.m. in the morning, 10 a.m. in the morning, and then by like five o'clock, USC was already putting out a graphic that they already made up. So it just happened so quickly like that. So I think that's the most shocking thing about it is just how quickly it happened like that. Um, but things move fast and, you know, this day and age, and especially with conferences, scooping up teams left and right to try to strengthen their position. I was amazed how well both uh, sets of administrations were able to keep it under wraps, you know, op- kind of the, a complete opposite of what we saw with the OU Texas situation last year. Uh, this one, you know, was pretty uh, well kept secret. Yeah. I mean, well, credit to USC because USC's admin, you know, with Mike bone and uh, Brandon Sosna, who's now with the Detroit lions, they have run a really tight ship when it comes to stuff like that. Obviously like they had experience with the Lincoln Riley hire, like that was, you know, they stole them at the in the the middle of the night. You know, no one had a whiff of that. It was all LSU. All the smoke was elsewhere. So th- that admin knows how to keep a secret. And they had people that they trusted. And obviously to make sure that this didn't leak, because that's a story, you know, that once people get a whiff of it early, you know, that thing leaks all over the place. But credit to them, you know, they, they kept things tight uh, up there at a Heritage Hall. So I had, I had people come to me after. It's like, yeah, I had a buddy who told me, you know, they they wanted to tell me so badly, but, you know, they were under strict, strict uh, orders. You know, you cannot let this leak whatsoever. So, you know, they, they have some good, uh, you know, foot soldiers there that that don't that don't let things out of the bag. So in this day and age, like I said, you know, it's, it's hard to keep things under wraps like that. So USC's two for two on their big moves right now. Did did USC obviously they were, I would assume, the initiator uh not and not UCLA did they were there other schools that you know USC would have made this move with or was it going to be UCLA all the way 
I think it was always going to be UCLA because while, you know, you can ask a U USC fan, I know that they will say that they hate UCLA, but I think there's this, obviously there's this sort of respect in that regard because let's face it, USC and UCLA, as much as they don't like each other, they're a part of each other. You know, they're a part of each other's history. They're rivals. They're right up the road from each other and they share that LA market. And if you're the big 10, it just makes more sense that you scoop up both schools in that LA market to kind of corner that market, take all that revenue for yourself and not let, I don't know, the big 12 or SEC, not like UCLA would go to the SEC, but you know what I'm saying? They, they want to keep all that for themselves. So it just makes sense as they being a perfect partner for them, just because you can preserve that rivalry moving forward into the big 10, which is obviously a historic rivalry, maybe not up there with, you know, Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, Ohio State, but it's definitely in that top 10. It's definitely something that people know if you know college football. So that's definitely something you want to preserve, especially in this day and age where college football tradition and history is, you know, being altered and you're losing some of those traditions. So it just makes sense to maybe hold on to a little bit of that. Uh, so UCLA did make sense to be that partner for them to go, just being rivalries, just being in that LA market. So I think that's sort of the, the way they were looking at it from an administration standpoint and not this sort of fan standpoint of, well, screw UCLA. No, you're, you're a part of them. You're a part of each other. And that's the way it is. Are you envisioning – Clint, go ahead. Yeah, just real quick. I, I know it's the summer, so there's probably not much media availability. But have you been able to get a sense of what the players and coaches feel about the move? I'd imagine it's pretty positive. Yeah, I haven't really gotten much – player response to that they're they're in summer workouts and they're kind of focused on that and haven't really run into anybody outside of you know at a camp or anything like that I'm sure I will in the next couple of weeks but at least for this this group of people you know it's not really this group of players it's really not going to affect them that much because by the time 2024 rolls around most likely they won't be be there except for maybe the freshman class but you know I would imagine I know the, the coaches are, are fired up about it, but I would imagine any player would be fired up as well. Just, you know, getting to play at Happy Valley as opposed to Wazoo, you know, in Pullman. No offense to Wazoo or Pullman, but, you know, just that that game carries a lot more cachet and it's going to be viewed by a lot more people on the Big Ten Network or whatever national uh, TV station is going to broadcast it. It's just a bigger stage. And I think kids you know you're going to co compete in college football you want to play on the biggest stage you can and now you're going to have that that experience you're going to have those games where it's sold out in lincoln nebraska or the coliseum is packed because michigan's coming to town those are the games you want to play and so i would imagine no player is going to be like oh man we're going to the big 10 you know yeah, it's going to be tougher than the pac-12 it's not going to be a cakewalk every week but you're going to get the best competition you could get and you're going to get to do it in front of 100,000 people, plus the, all the people watching at home on a Saturday night. So bigger stage, bigger stakes. I think that's what any college football player would want. So I've got a two-part question for you. So first, first part is how in this move to the Big Ten are the non-revenue sports going to work? And then two, is there – what do you think the chances of eventually, you know, a – Washington and Oregon or like a Stanford end up being in the conversation as a future expansion as travel partners for USC and UCLA uh, in the big 10. 
Okay, so with non-revenue, that's sort of an interesting byproduct question or thing that we're going to have to pay attention to because obviously, you know, people bring up the travel of doing, you know, bringing the West Coast athletes all the way out there and how hard it's going to be on them, especially for those 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 uh, sports that have a lot more games than 12 football games a year. So that's something that's going to be have to be monitored and maybe something's going to be worked out. Maybe they only do a certain number of games, whatever. I'm, I'm not really sure how that'll work out. But the other question is, will it be too expensive to, you know, to, to have all these non-revenue sports travel all the way to Maryland or travel all the way to Rutgers or, or stuff like that. But that's something I can't really answer right now until we get more down the line and they can kind of look at it and look at the budgets. But I always go back to the fact that USC is going to be getting so much more money than they did when they were in the PAC 12. You know, I think the early reports is possibly about a hundred million dollars out of the big 10, their payout for going to the big 10 opposed as opposed to the $30 million they were making in the PAC 12. That's $70 million. You could do a lot with that. And I think a lot of that is going to help non-revenue sports. When I was at Maryland, I was a student there. We trans we, we did the move from the ACC to the big 10. And one of the big reasons was the money because our athletic department, our budget was not good. We were having to cut sports left and right. We had to cut down on a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. And once we were able to get into the Big Ten. We were able to use that money to help bring back sports or uh, help sports that were, you know, that needed a lifeline that were close to being cut. So all that money is going to help, I think, obviously go to the football program, but some of it's also going to help bump up those non-revenue sports and make them stronger, more competitive, give them a lot more funding. And obviously, like I said, the travel is something you're going to have to look at and how that affects these athletes and sort of the budget. Um, how much more money is that going to cost? But I think if you're making $70 million, I think you can make it work um, on top of that. So I don't think that's going to be a big issue now, but it's something we'll probably have to look at maybe four years into it or three years into it. All right. Kind of uh, going in a different direction here. You cover recruiting. So what are the early, uh, what's the early feedback on the, the recruiting front uh, from a uh, recruits perspective? Are they excited about uh, the move? Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of similar to what I guess a current player would say in that, you know, these kids, I, I think you, if you talk to any recruit that, you know, has aspirations to play college football, it's, I want to play in packed out packed stadium. I want to go up against the best. I want to play in the horseshoe at Ohio State. I want to defend the Colise a packed Coliseum that's going crazy when Penn State comes. So it just gives them a bigger sort of stage and think about it too, with the, with the NIL opportunities, you know, you're going to be going to the East coast, you know, you're going to be playing on two different coasts. You have a lot more exposure in that regard. So you can help pump your own brand. If you're making plays out there on the East coast, you're making plays in the Midwest. And if you're making plays back home in the Coliseum in California, you know, that's three different regions where you're, you're, you're getting your name out there. And I think that only helps your brand in the age of NIL. So, you know, for the most part, kids we've talked to are, are fired up about it. Are you hearing anything um, on what the, the remainder of the PAC 12 is, is thinking, whether it's, you know, I would assume the bulk of the conference would like to try to stay together, but is there anything you're hearing as far as the likelihood of them getting picked apart or potentially expanding? Yeah, I mean, I think early on there was a lot of frustration 
from, you know, the other Pac-12 administrators and presidents, because this was sort of something that was, you know, sprung on them. It took them by surprise. You know, you can't make this move and let everybody know. So I'm not surprised by that. But me personally, I think the Pac-12 is dead. I don't think there's really any avenue where they can save it. I don't think the money that they're going to get from this potential new deal will be enough to keep an Oregon or a Washington or a Utah or those guys invested in staying. I think right now the, I know they have this little alliance point to possibly brewing with the ACC and, and, and that sort of desperation to try to save it. But I just feel like the writing's on the wall for the PAC 12 in terms of they're going to be vultured by either, you know, the big 10 or maybe the SEC comes in and takes an Oregon and a Washington and I don't think USC wants Oregon or Washington to come with them to the Big Ten. So and I, I know there was some reports that Oregon was number two on the Big Ten's wish list after Notre Dame. But there's also conflicting reports that, you know, USC probably doesn't want them to join them. So the way I see it, I don't think Oregon is going to end up in the Big Ten. I don't think that's how it's going to be. But I would be more so likely that the Big 12 is going to take some of their teams, like in Arizona, Arizona State, kind of those mountain areas like a Utah. Um, that makes more sense to me than this ACC alliance thing. Um, I just think the Big 12 is a better position to, to feed off the struggling Pac-12 right now. So that's where I, that's where I think it's going to happen. I think the Big 12 is going to absorb a large chunk of the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is going to you know, cease to exist as we know it. And then Oregon and Washington, you know, they could probably go to the Big 12 too. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the SEC came calling for Oregon or something like that, even though that would look very weird. But this is I don't think that matters anymore. <laughs> no, I was actually just about to ask have... that. Because geographically, all the conferences were pretty set. And now that this has changed, especially USC, UCLA, and the Big 10, just totally out of the window. So do you think that is going to play a big factor anymore? Geographics or? Screw geographics at this point, yeah. because I think that's what a lot of like the older college football fans are mad about, or maybe like they're Cause we did a poll about it with USC fans. And it's like, are you, are you excited about, do you like this move? And I was surprised it was basically sort of 50-50, and yes, we like this, no, we don't like this. And I think it's that older generation of USC fans that, you know, probably people 50 or older, maybe 40 or older that, you know, are clinging to college football tradition. You know, the thing that makes college football unique than maybe say the NFL or anything like that is the history, is the tradition. And this is the new age of college football. You know, it's money, it's TV deals, it's NIL, it's players getting million dollar deals to attend schools. It's not about the, it's not about like the degree of going to a USC. It's not about that prestige because older fans want kids to go to their school because they went to that school. And it's like, they're proud of that fact. And they, and they, they think anyone who goes to their school, you know, is an, is, is an ideal representation of that, but that's not the case now. It's more so, who has the better NIL package as much as much as kids don't want to admit NIL plays a big deal, but that's the reality. And I think that's what we're, it, it's not a, 
traditional college football. It's, it's this new age business model of college football. And we're going to be seeing, you know, a, a day where it's just two super conferences or maybe three super conferences, sort of an AFC, NFC kind of deal. And, you know, geography be damned. Who cares if the, the Big Ten has schools on the West Coast? That doesn't matter anymore. Um, what matters is the TV deals, the money, and playing for national championships. And you got to follow where the money goes. So USC made the move to stay relevant in football, regardless of regardless if that means that they have to be in the Big Ten on the West Coast. I'm kind of piggybacking off that. It's not really a question. I just started thinking it is going to – the travel costs are going to skyrocket if you have an Oregon going to play in the SEC. So I wonder, I wonder how much that's going to play into effect because that's going to be super expensive with teams flying all over the country all year. But like you said earlier, yeah, the yeah. additional $50, $60 million right. in, uh, will uh, – allow probably less less strain than there would have been previously and just with the taste of case of oregon i mean phil knight will find a way you know yeah yeah i have a hard time seeing oregon getting left out of uh of one of the you know i feel like they'll they'll find themselves in a good position at the end you know i don't i don't doubt that they'll find a a home that makes sense and they'll be involved in this sort of super conference world of college football, whether that's the, the, the SEC or the Big 12, and if the ACC implodes or finds a way to stay alive themselves, Oregon, I think Oregon will be fine. They'll find a home. I know that USC fans have been trolling them like, oh, have fun in Division Two or welcome to the, to the Mountain West. No, Oregon, you know, they have facilities. They have backing from Phil Knight. They, they'll, they'll find a place in this new, this new age of college football, but I don't think it's going to be the big 10. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, that seems to, to be the consensus. So Chris, we uh, don't want to take up any more of your time. This was awesome. Uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, everyone should follow Chris on Twitter at Chris and Trevino. Check out uscfootball.com for some really good uh, insight into, if you want, you know, more content uh, regarding the move, definitely check out their site. Uh, Chris, uh, anything else you want to plug? Do you have a podcast uh, as well? We're probably talking, uh, you know, the the move. If anyone wants to uh, listen to a more in depth uh, podcast on this, yeah, I have. I'm on two podcasts. You can check us out at the Peristyle Podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts, and then within the Peristyle Podcasts, I have my own podcast, the Composite Two Star Recruits. That's my USC recruiting podcast. Uh, so you can check either of those out and you can find me there. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you.